Hey, everybody. Welcome into the back room. I'm Andy Ostroy. Take in the Fifth Amendment, like you see on the mob, right? You see the mob takes the Fifth. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Only the, the mob takes the Fifth. Only a criminal. Only a disgusting, despicable, lying, conniving thief takes the Fifth. Only someone who belongs in prison should take the Fifth, because only people who have something to hide take the Fifth. And what does he do? He <laughs> takes the Fifth 440 fucking times. I don't know. I'm sure I don't have a lot of Trumpsters listening to this podcast, but if you are listening, doesn't that not make any sense to you? I mean, seriously, someone literally told you only someone who is corrupt takes the fifth. And you guys go, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then he does it 440 times, and you're like, oh, but it's okay when he does it. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway, that was that was Donald Trump explaining who takes the fifth, and then completely, uh, along with his kids, who also took the fifth hundreds of times, took the fifth when he went to testify in New York. It's been a really busy week, Maddie and Jen, hasn't it? Yeah. Very exciting week. Great week for Biden, right? <laughs> Great couple of weeks. I mean, <clears throat> it just seems to me that Biden has had more accomplishments in the last w- week and a half than most presidents have had in four years. I mean, let's go through the list real quick. CHIP, you know, provides $52.7 billion in subsidies for U.S. semiconductor production and research, increasing efforts to make the U.S. more competitive with China. Packed, $280 billion, a 10-year bill, expanding health care. By the way, this is the John Stewart thing. 10-year bill expanding health care, benefits for veterans exposed to toxic burn pits. And this is the most significant expansion of veterans' health care and benefits in over 30 years. The Inflation Reduction Act, $740 billion to combat climate change and address health care costs and raises taxes, I think 15% minimum, on large corporations. He killed Amen al-Zawahiri. He created 528,000 jobs in July. Gas prices now have a three in front of them. Inflation down to 8.5% for the year through July from 9.1% in June. Stocks are at their highest levels in three months. Finland and Sweden are now in NATO, and the man who's approaching 80 kicked COVID in the teeth. He literally said, fuck you, COVID. You're not getting me. And so that was just a week and a half. I mean, I got to say this very clearly. That was like a week and a half. I don't understand why his approval. Any of you guys want to Hashtag winning. Right. And, and the former guy's numbers were, were higher at this point, which makes no sense. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Now, contrasting that is Trump's week. As we now know, on Monday, FBI agents uh, went into Mar-a-Lago. Some people want to call it a raid, me included. Others think that's a pejorative term and want to use the more the softer uh, search term they searched his house and happened to padlock his doors and break into his safe during this very soft search uh i don't know it sounds like a raid to me but uh, that doesn't mean a raid is a bad thing he's corrupt and now they think he may have stolen nuclear secrets so i don't know what would we what would justify a raid more than that right if they think he stole nuclear secrets but we'll call it a search to make people happy 
Uh, and, you know, the the basis for the raid is that the suspicion that he violated the Presidential Records Act, which was first passed in 1978 and requires administrations to retain for the National Archives, quote, any documentary materials relating to the political activities of the president or members of the president's staff, but only if such activities relate to or have a direct effect upon the carrying out of constitutional, statutory, or other official or ceremonial duties of the president. I name, uh, I think you said it the other day, Matty, or somebody said it to me. Like, w- give me one reason why he would have taken nuclear secrets. Like, is there any any reason, any purpose, any justifiable explanation other than he's just corrupt as fuck and probably wanted to sell them to his girlfriend, Kim Jong-un? Probably the Saudis. <laughs> or the Saudis. Yeah, pick your, pick your, your, your global... Uh, Love interest. In for a golf <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of the golf tournament, there was I heard that like these guys are being paid like four like four hundred million dollars. A ridiculous number. No matter how well they do. <laughs> no, right? I mean, Literally. that's just crazy money to play golf. And do badly and get the same money. Yeah. Not Tiger Woods though. No. He's like, hey, I, I do have some scruples. Um. Tuesday, a federal appeals court upheld the right of the House Ways and Means Committee uh, to get their hands on his tax returns. And there was a special congressional election in Minnesota where Democrats came within five points of an upset victory. It was actually some big pollster who said something like, well, if uh, if they come within five points, that's going to be huge because Trump uh, won that district by double digits. So maybe that's the Kansas effect. Maybe it's just Americans saying, fuck it, I'm fed up. You know, these people are in my pants, they're in my bedroom, they're in my genitals, and I'm tired of it. And so hopefully the the red wave that's supposed to be coming in November uh, is actually going to be a blue wave. Uh, Wednesday, again, Mr. Trump testified in a New York State civil case and pleaded the fifth 440 times. Um what is, I mean, I, I don't understand how he gets away with that time and time and time again of saying, you know, black and then, you know, and then white the next day. And like his supporters are like, yeah, sure. Like they're swirling in this vortex of confusion and lies and deception. And, and like, imagine if their kids came home and did this stuff, right? Mom, I'm telling you tomorrow, if I get anything under an 80, I'm stupid. I'm wasting my time. You should clamp down on me don't let me out of the house don't me and then he, co- he comes back the next day and goes i got a 65 and that's great like what would you do as a parent right you wouldn't be like sure that's great johnny somehow when it comes to trump people have lost their fucking minds i don't get it and then thursday yesterday Gar- Ma- attorney general Mark- merrick garland uh just committed an act- absolute stroke of genius by putting trump in a box in a way that no one else has done in six years. Now, FBI raided Trump's house on on Monday. What did Trump do? His Truth Social Network and all of his little flunkies, they were all like, oh, this was unjust. It's inappropriate. It's illegal. They didn't take anything. They didn't find anything. Everything was planted, blah, 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 blah. And Merrick Garland said yesterday, okay, well, then just show it. And if you don't show it, we filed a motion so that we can show it. And so now Trump has this dilemma. He's like, if I if I don't show it, then they're going to show it, and I'm going to be outed with all this bullshit. Or um, 
I can show it, and the same thing happens, but I lose the ability to say it, 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 it doesn't say this or doesn't do that when all, all the information is going to come out. We're going to see exactly the, the index of all the items that were taken. We're going to see what the search warrant says and why, you know, did they go in because they were told uh, there are nuclear secrets in his safe. And again, why would anyone be able to justify that? Um, and the craziest thing is, is that there's, they're saying that, you know, it was an informant, you know, like somebody really, really close to Trump. And you know, he must be like running around Mar-a-Lago right now, kicking shit, throwing vases and screaming and yelling at everyone and just like the veins popping out of his neck because this man, his whole, the blood that runs through his veins is people's loyalty to him. And someone ratted his ass out. And said, go in the safe, FBI. Okay, go in that room. Padlock that room because that's where all the shit is. And, and so someone ratted him out. So that, that could be taken as a good, a good sign. Uh, and one can only imagine what the hell is going to happen today, Friday. So who knows? Um, so to sort of summarize this whole Trump thing, this is the guy that they, this is their chosen one for 2024. The guy who was twice impeached under investigation in several states and in Congress and by the Department of Justice. The guy who incited a deadly insurrection, who tried to overthrow the government, who took the fifth after saying only mobsters take the fifth. The guy who cost them the White House, the presidency, the House, the Senate, Georgia, Arizona. This is the guy they're banking on. This is the guy that the, 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 the insiders think is their best choice. And this is the guy that Republican voters think is, is the guy who represents them, who's, who's the innocent one, who's the one telling the truth. But through it all, I don't, you have to be living under a rock right now or in complete denial or have some other nefarious motivations if you don't think that the walls are closing in on Donald Trump. They are. And I think something, I almost thought yesterday Garland was going to say, we, the grand jury just put up a, a, an indictment of Donald Trump. Um, so, uh, that's, uh, that's the week that's Biden's week. That's Trump's week. And that's uh, a rehash of, uh, of the chosen one. And, uh, very excited about today's guest. Today's guest is a guy who's running for Congress in the, uh, 18th and 19th, uh, districts of New York. Um, in particular, the 19th district is a real bellwether. Um, it's a barometer on November He's running in a special election uh, to fill the seat vacated by uh, Antonio Delgado, who is now lieutenant governor of New York. Um, he's Pat Ryan, and he's a patriot, a Democrat, a West Point graduate, former Army, Army captain, and currently the Ulster County executive. He served two tours in Iraq, where he led soldiers of all backgrounds in combat and earned two bronze stars in, in Iraq. Uh, this is from the campaign. Failure and excuses weren't an option. And Pat Ryan's leadership brought people together to get the job done, regardless of the obstacles. In Congress, Ryan will continue to find common sense solutions to defend a woman's right to choose, take on big corporations, hurting working families, uh, keep our communities safe by investing in public safety while passing common sense gun reforms and lower gas prices while investing in a greener future. Folks, this is a very important election. And we hope you get out and vote on the 23rd in the primaries. And you can also start voting uh, this weekend in early voting. 
because Pat Ryan's a guy who should be in Congress. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let's bring out Pat. Pat, welcome into the back room. Thanks for having me. So uh, before we get into the meaty stuff, I just want to ask you about uh, the, the personal life. Tell us about the kids and do you have pets? Are you a dog person? I know I know that's a very explosive political question. You got to answer yeah. it carefully. Are you, are you a dog man or a cat, a cat man? You know, I'm all in on cats at this point. My wife uh, has converted me. So we have two rescue cats and two kids, um, one, uh, a three-year-old and a seven-month-old. So our house is a complete, complete chaotic zoo pretty much at all times, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I, I can certainly, that's, <clears throat> that's awesome, and I can certainly relate. I have my oldest daughter, eldest daughter, uh, Emily, staying with me with her husband and three children under the age of four. And so oh, God uh, bless you. I hear the chaos, I see the chaos, <laughs> and I appreciate the chaos. Um, so th the first thing I want to ask you is, is the redrawn maps are so confusing for many people. Can yeah. you help us better understand what the heck happened in New York State with 19 and 18? Yeah, it's really, it's really frustrating um, that something so important as voting and, and electing our federal representatives got kind of more confusing than it should be. But I think um, the easiest way that I've explained it to folks is the old district that Antonio Delgado so ably represented got cut in half in the redistricting. So the northern half is now the new 19th district and the southern half is now the new 18th district. And as much as we all don't like change, uh, the good thing that came out of it is the two, both of the new districts are more Democratic than the old district was. So we actually have two pickup opportunities to uh, to hold, and in another case, flip these seats. And um, I'm a big uh, glass half full kind of a guy. Uh, so I think that um, in, in this case, that's that's very much the truth. Mm hmm. And so the race is considered by all the experts, all the poll watchers, et cetera, et cetera, considered to be one of the most closely watched in the country as like a bellwether foreshadowing of November kind of thing. Um, what what makes you the right candidate to hold uh, the Democratic seat? And how do, how, more importantly, how do you make sure uh, voters know that these races exist, that they understand right. what's taking place? And, and are you getting a lot of help from the party in doing that? Well, thank you for your help in spreading the word here. We're trying to get out to as many folks as many ways as we can. August 23rd is not the normal time to vote for much of anything, so we're really working hard to, to get the word out. Um, we're getting a lot of help for the second half of your question from everybody from local leaders, state leaders, national leaders. Uh, we just had a great organization called Vote Vets, which helps elect um, Democratic and progressive veterans across the country do a, a big TV ad for us that's up now helping uh, talk about really a very stark choice here. And I think their ad got exactly right. I'm essentially, not essentially, I'm running on a pro-freedom and pro-choice and pro-women's rights and voting rights and gun safety uh, message and, and platform at a time where literal fundamental freedoms that, I, that we all thought we had secured in, in many cases decades ago are getting ripped away by a very extreme right that looks nothing like uh, certainly the Republican Party when I grew up in a, in a Republican moderate household. 
uh, or a moderate Republican household, I should say. So I, I, as someone who um, I went to West Point, I served as an army officer. I lost good friends in combat, people who believe so deeply in this country that they were literally willing to, to risk their life for it and give their life for it. And I think it's an insult to them, a direct affront to them when these fundamental rights, starting with, with the right for a woman to control their own health, their own bodies, uh, to have access to abortions is being ripped away. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for your service. Uh, uh, I think people lose. Uh, it seems like the, the respect for our veterans is not what it used to be. Uh, more so, it's really confusing and always been confusing to me that the party that claims to be the party of law and order and the, the, the America First Patriot Party uh, seems to have such disdain for from the generals on down and then throughout law enforcement. And it's, you know, the, it isn't the Republican Party that I grew up with, uh, that I know. Um, Democrats have become, you know, people like you have become the people who say, hey, look, I went and I fought and I fought for something. Like, how do you go fight in a war and then come back and like rah-rah autocracy? Like, it, it makes yeah. no sense. It's like, it, it, why enlist? Why, you know, defend your country supposedly and then come home and not be you know for protecting women's rights and civil rights and and respecting law and order so uh my hat's off to you for that um it it just makes one wonder like why would anyone want to be in politics today why do you want to be in (laughs) politics more so than you already are yeah well i mean i think it's the same kind of whatever gene or or learning I had growing up of me wanting to go to West Point as an 18 year old. It's, I, I really believe we have a serious duty and obligation as citizens and Americans to, to do whatever we can from our different angle. It's a little bit different for everybody to be of service and, and recognize we're part of something much, much bigger. And I, I, I genuinely never thought I would run for any office. I really, like I, I really didn't. I, I, I did the army stuff. I started a successful business. And then post Trump, I just felt like all the things I believed in were eroding and getting uh, sort of taken away and people were being pitted against each other. And I just felt like I couldn't watch. I, I literally couldn't stomach watching that happen. Um, and, and it's only gotten worse, <laughs> which I, was almost unimaginable four or five years ago. So when, when you see that, when I see that happening anyway, I just had some hard conversations with my wife to, uh, you know, make this decision because running for office is, is a, a pretty brutal grind. Um, but, but I think it's, I, I, it's not hyperbole to say it's existential right now. Mm-hmm. I, I so, really feel so, that way, it being our democracy. Mm-hmm. In your view, what are the most pressing issues facing uh, the region right now? So I think about it as sort of two layers. Like there is, there are these foundational rights of our democracy and freedoms that we can't let continue to erode. So we have to fight on that front. But then, really, it's delivering for people, and the two are intimately intertwined. I think a lot of people vote for someone like a, a Trump or a far right Republican because they've just lost trust that government can actually deliver for them, can actually help them and get them and listen, really listen. So being in local government, I'm the Ulster County executive and Ulster's about 200,000 residents. I've actually got 
to see that when you can deli- like when you can actually deliver for people and do it in a unifying way, you start to win that trust back. And even some national polling shows that local elected officials, local government officials are much more trusted than federal elected officials right now. And it's because I think people can more directly see how they've helped. So the big issues in the region are really about the economic pain and pressure people are feeling right now from inflation, from an economy that for several decades has increasingly favored big corporations at the expense of small businesses, of farmers, of really everybody, working people, um, as the Republicans sort of sell out for, for profit and power over people. So a lot of the work that, that I focus on is uh, I'm actually going to an event in a few minutes where we're going to do a major announcement about revitalizing a former IBM site in, right outside the city of Kingston that's been mm-hmm. stagnant for 27 years. We're bringing it back to life. We're getting uh, cleaning up an environmental mess. We're bringing in $200 million of investment, and we're going to create at least 1,000 good-paying local jobs, uh, most of them green jobs in in the future economy so that like really delivering in that way is the only way that i think we can win back trust so uh on the way here uh this morning uh i i, I was listening to the, on the oldie station and bobby vinton's blue velvet was just ending and then the announcer comes on and he goes uh pat ryan today is announcing his uh inflation relief plan and he goes into a whole thing about so you want to talk about that Tell us about the, the plan. Yeah, thanks. I should have uh, I should have queued that up myself. So thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah. So like I said, I mean, the, talking to people around this district, they are feeling unprecedented pain at the pumps, at the grocery stores, at uh, housing costs, healthcare costs. So at every level of government, we need to do what we can. So the, the Federal Inflation Reduction Act obviously is huge in cutting healthcare costs, prescription drug costs. Um, and also driving investments in, in climate and green jobs. We wanted to, at our level of the county government, step up and do our part. So we actually uh, proposed the biggest tax cut we've had in 40 years. Actually, the year I was born, 1982, was the last time we had this big of a, a tax cut. Um, we, we are also proposing eliminating all fares for everyone on public transit so that people can get around we're, we're providing uh, direct cash assistance for food and groceries to 27,000 households in the county. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other pieces to it, but really trying to just understand where people are at and doing everything we can to give them some help and some relief. And then I think once people can feel a little bit of the economic pressure and that weight come off their shoulders, they'll also be able to more clearly see the existential bigger issues that are happening around our democracy. So in some ways, I think the the cynical Republicans that are consistently talking about inflation while our literal democracy is being eroded are doing so intentionally because it, it sort of, it, it takes advantage of how much pain and pressure people are feeling. And it's sort of like a, a power grab when people aren't able to, Mm -hmm. to really fully see it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here with the the backroom crew, uh, Maddie Rosenberg and Jen Hamoud, and uh, both serious local folks, and they they got a couple things hey for you. Um, Hi, Pat. Sorry, I couldn't be there in person. You'll, hey, guys. You'll come the next time. 
Um, first of all, thank you so much for your service. Uh, we all appreciate that. Um, my question is, since we're uh, broadcasting from the back room of the Epicurean, which is a store that features local goods, um, can you tell us a little bit about your, uh, your initiatives and ideas for the ag economy here? Yes. One of the, um, one of the tenets of our inflation relief plan is actually uh, at least $2 million in direct grants and relief to our small farmers and uh, that have really, certainly in the last few years, but for decades really been getting squeezed out and pressured out by by big ag as the federal government props them up with billions of dollars in subsidies um, for, for these mega farms that are mostly sharing those profits everywhere but, but here at home. So how does that translate locally? A lot of what we've been doing, um, as, as I've been doing as Ulster County Executive is really trying to ground up, rebuild local, the local economy around farming and ag. So for example, at, at the, the uh, former IBM site um, that I'm sitting at right now, one of the big investments we're gonna make is a big capital project to add shared uh, refrigeration, storage, food processing, distribution, which is one of the biggest things we hear from, especially newer small farms where they just don't have the scale to um, you know, they, they can grow great products, but to, to store them, to get them ready for distribution to market, to, to actually market them and, and bring them to market is, is one of the biggest challenges. So providing sort of a shared, uh, way to do that, uh, is critical. Um, and, uh, so that's one of the, one of the many examples of things we're, we're doing here. Um, but th this is, you know, kind of going back to our roots, like this is the breadbasket for the city and the region. Um, from from a century plus ago, so it's really just getting back to a more sustainable way that things used to be. Mm -hmm. Maddie, uh, yeah, hi Pat, and uh, of course, thank you hey. for your service. And um, I think you know my cousin Max Rose, who also was. In oh the my service. gosh! Very well. Yeah, we were just texting this morning. He's uh, we're both uh, knee deep in these these house races, so we're. we're We've been friends for many years. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I um, know him well. <laughs> uh, I, I hope. <laughs> yes. So as a product of uh, public schools, I, uh, I wanted to know how we can deal with the fact that so few people want to go into teaching. I know that you talk about supporting teachers and uh, how do we fix this problem, the teaching profession? Yeah, my mom taught um, first and second grade mostly for her whole career here in Kingston's public schools. And um Proudly just got the New York State Teachers Union endorsement yesterday, actually. So <clears throat> allow me to share that one, if you don't mind, and, and be excited. Um, uh, so I think I, I go back to a lot of conversations I had with my mom where one big tenant uh, that I think we have to get back to is actually trusting teachers more, um, empowering them to do what they're really great at and passionate about and trained to do. Um, I think we've seen over kind of uh, over-bureaucratization of a lot of these systems. So um, that's number one. I think um, we obviously ha have to continue to adequately fund our public schools, and New York State did that in a big way this year in the state budget, which I think we should all be proud of and, and excited about. Um, but I, I think zooming out, like looking 20, 30 years out, we have to recognize the big imperative for us is, I believe, competitive, healthy competition with China and recognizing that if we don't retool all of our systems, 
our education system, our economy, our industrial and trade policy, our infrastructure, a whole lot of other things. We're just going to get absolutely outmaneuvered and, and, and passed by them. And, and in a way that could even lead to violent conflict as has happened in centuries past when powers are sort of rising and falling. So I think there's real national security implications to pretty fundamentally looking at how to think about rethink education. I, I think the the trades in particular and push uh, pushing and encouraging more folks to go into um, the trades and other kind of non non traditional non liberal arts higher ed is is absolutely essential. So th- those are some high level quick quick thoughts. Um. Getting so now, getting back to the the primary, uh, it feels like you're running in about fourteen different races. I know it's only two, but it just feels like way more than than normal. But uh, yeah, you have anything you want to say about your opponents? Your many opponents. Yeah, so so we're really focused on this special election that's happening on August twenty third. This is, I know there's a lot of moving pieces, but I'd really ask people to keep keep their eye on that prize that's certainly how we've prioritized my time and energy so this is the race on august 23rd to succeed antonio delgado to hold this seat it is the only house special election in the country after these seismic supreme court decisions on ripping away the protections of roe on putting more guns on our streets and dismantling the epa and before the midterm so you know, you're, you're saying earlier, Andy, that this is a bellwether. I mean, it really is. And you look at what just happened in Kansas and the loud and clear message sent in a pretty, you know, to be, to be nice, moderate, or to be, to be generous, moderate uh, state like Kansas, that kind of momentum and energy, we, we have to carry into, into this um, special election. So my opponent in that race is the Dutchess County executive, And on all of these critical national issues, he is just diametrically opposed, not just to me, but I think to the vast majority of the American people, certainly the people in this district. So on on women's reproductive rights and and access to abortion, he is vehemently against those things. He voted um, dozens of times to cut, for example, Medicaid funding from New York State for reproductive health services and abortions. He's against the, the state legislation to codify Roe v. Wade, which passed anyway, despite him, thankfully, in New York. Uh, on gun violence, in the wake of the Supreme Court decision, he refused to even comment as New York's concealed carry law was overturned by the Supreme Court and has an A rating from the NRA. So we know exactly where he'll be on uh, that issue. Even in Dutchess County at the local government level, he refused to sign off on a bill that would have just required safe storage of firearms in D- Dutchess County, in Poughkeepsie in particular, where there's a huge uh, and growing problem of uh, gun violence. So on, on those issues, on environmental issues, on really all those key issues, uh, he is out of step, I think, with, with the district and the American people. And ultimately, I think he is in, a, in the pursuit of power and per- political gain. He's someone who's been in office since he was 18 years old. I think he's sold out to the, the far right of the Republican Party, and that is a very dangerous thing to do and a dangerous proposition for our democracy. Yeah, and all the things you point to, you know, the protection of, of, of uh, women's 
rights, reproductive rights, civil rights, voting rights, the fact that we really do feel like we're on the precipice, precipice of autocracy, you would think Democrats would be voting 80, 85%. It's, it's just astounding to me that we're still stuck in like the 55, 60% levels with, with what's at stake. So hopefully we're going to see that change a little bit on the 23rd or a lot on the 23rd and certainly in November. Uh, I know you got to run, but I, one of the things we love to do here uh, before we let our guests go uh, in the back room, uh, uh, I love music. Music is a, a big window into one's soul. So you got to tell us who your top five musical artists are. Oh my gosh, I should have prepared for this. <laughs> um, so, oh boy, uh, this is going to embarrass me. I used to see so much live music, and now I'm like a lame dad who doesn't <laughs> get a chance to. Uh, to do much of this so i'm gonna go back to like don't say blippy some of the best <clears throat> some of the, some of the what's that lots of blippy yeah. yeah so right now i could i could sing every blippy song for you certainly um and uh and true or yeah true the cat and all these things but um my first concert and i'm sure i'll get made fun of for this was was dave matthews um and i still uh still love still love dave and um and seeing them especially perform live um when I need to get like pumped up, I'll li- I'll listen to, um, kind of like I don't even know what you you'd call it these days, but some some mix of like rock and electronic, not like uh, not not like hardcore EDM or anything like that. You're not going but, Skrillex, <laughs> are you? Not not going Skrillex. Um, yeah, I'm really bad at at this question. I will I will just kind of own that. So I'm gonna have to make good and come with a come prepared with my like, right. top well, you five list. You didn't say Taylor Swift, which pretty much everyone else says, including Eric Swalwell, oh, really? which was a big shocker to me. But uh, hey, you never wow, know. you never know. Well, when you're when you're grasping, you, you go to, you go to those places. So I'm just gonna not. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I owe you a better answer. Well, you, uh, you stayed very apolitical. Did. You didn't you didn't offend any of the genre people. The genre communities. Um, yeah. <laughs> Pat, good luck on the 23rd. Um, I think uh, you're a great guy and you bring a lot to the table. You also have great resting face, which is a very uh, important quality to have as a <laughs> as a politician. Whenever anyone ever said to me, you should run for office, I'm like, look at my resting face. I look like I want to kill you. So you have great resting great, face. And I think great uh, resting that, face. that could be the secret to your success <laughs> next week or on the 23rd. I'll... I'll- that's very kind of you to say. I don't think anyone's ever paid me that that very nice compliment. So All thank right. you. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck again, and we hope to have you back uh, at some point. As a, as, I a, would be as a victor, thrilled, and I will bring my list of, of favorite artists. And um, thank you so much for for having me. And please, please uh, tell everybody you know vote on August twenty third. Absolutely. And actually, uh, early voting yep. early voting starts on Saturday the thirteenth. That's correct. We'll do. Thanks again, Pat. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Take care. So there you have it. Episode 11 in the can. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So leave us a message at 845-307-7446 or send us an email at backroomandy at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Andy Ostroy. Thank you, Maddie Rosenberg, Jenna Mood, Cricket Langell, Andy Hollander. And a big thank you again to our guest, Pat Ryan. And people, please do not forget to vote in the August 23rd Democratic primary. Two very important elections. One in particular, the District 19 special election. 
which uh, which has Pat Ryan against uh, Mark Molinaro. Uh, very very important, not just from a local standpoint, but nationwide. This is this is the this is the race everyone's watching again because uh, it could be a real barometer for what's going to happen in November. We cannot afford to lose this seat. We cannot afford to lose the House. Uh, so early voting starts tomorrow. It runs through the 21st. Uh, you can find out in a matter of seconds where your voting uh, place is. So please do that. Please vote early. Uh, please vote. Everybody vote. Let's see 70, 80, 85% turnout. What more do we need? We're protecting democracy and we are protecting the rule of law. And we are trying to make sure that men, women, children, babies, old people, poor people, sick people, people who want to go to school, et cetera, et cetera, have all of these things. And unfortunately, there's only one party that's giving that to you. You can really just, you know, you can look that up. It's not too hard to, to figure out which party has the, the working class, the middle class science and global warming and et cetera, et cetera, the environment uh, interests uh, at heart. So do that again the 21st, uh, tomorrow through the 21st and uh, the primary on the 23rd. So with that, keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards. And we hope you'll join us again next time. Have a great week.